Well, hello again, and welcome to GivePod, Greater Vancouver's business podcast, exploring the challenges and opportunities facing our region. I'm Bridget Anderson, President and CEO of the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade. This is the final episode in our municipal election series. I've been speaking with Vancouver mayoral candidates for the last few weeks, but today we're going to pivot a bit and talk about the issues that businesses, individuals, and politicians are focused on in the election. We have once again partnered with Mistel Group to survey the community, and today I'm joined by Mistel Group President Evie Mustel and Earnscliff Strategies Principal Anna Lilly to talk about these results. Welcome, both of you. Nice to see you. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Bridget. Okay. So this is going to be a little bit like uh, air traffic control, I think, with two people uh, on a podcast, but I'm up for it. So let's start with uh, the key election issues for businesses that came out of the survey. So permitting, licensing, and red tape. And Evie, I'll start with you. Who were you polling exactly? And what other kinds of questions were you asking them? Well, we actually surveyed three different groups, which made the survey interesting because we could compare the results from the three groups. Um, so we started with a sample of Metro Vancouver, random sample of Metro Vancouver adults, uh, Vancouver, um, Greater Vancouver Board of Trade members representing the business community, and current mayors, councillors, and candidates in the upcoming election. Uh, in terms of the survey itself, it wasn't a horse race poll. It was much more focused on issues. So we really we started off the survey with what are the key issues that are, are um, impacting how people intend to vote in the upcoming election. And then we did a deeper dive in each of those issues, such as housing, transportation, taxes, and spending. So there's obviously a lot for us to talk about here. And I'm going to start with affordable housing, Anna, because it was named as the most important municipal issue by the general population, as well as the politicians. And it is an issue that our own members have talked to us over and over and over again, impacting employers' ability to attract and retain talent and general affordability in the region. And we now have a significant campaign announcement by David Eby talking about a flipping tax and also changes to secondary suites. So pretty significant in what he's um, uh, talking about his approach to being able to solve some of the housing issues. So uh, do you feel like the municipal um, candidates really focused much on this and are reflective of the sort of urgency that we're hearing around affordability housing issues in the region? Yeah, well, we're as we record this, we're within just hours of uh, David Eby, the basically the premier in waiting. I think many would say, uh, having made that announcement that you referenced, and and it's very interesting timing because we're a couple of weeks away from a municipal election. A big part of what he's announced affects municipalities, uh, and he's he's said for some months now he is going to bring in some form of incentive or uh, perhaps some legislation legislation, perhaps some punitive action against municipalities who are not moving quickly enough to approve new housing developments and particularly affordable housing. So it will be very interesting to see how the different campaigns react to this. Uh, in our survey, we actually asked about this and saw that across businesses, politicians and the public, there was an appetite for this. Clearly what's been going on hasn't been working. Uh, People, whether they're at the local, provincial or federal level, I think voters are thinking they're not doing enough to, to deal with this affordable housing crisis. So the fact that, uh, that Mr. Eby has, has come forward with this proposal sort of in the heat of this campaign, 
I think it's going to force candidates to talk about how they would respond to that if they get into office. Certainly at the municipal level, there are levers that can be pulled to deal with some of the affordability issues in housing, like licensing and that and permitting zoning, those kinds of things, um, not licensing, permitting and zoning, rather. Uh, but I, maybe I'll take a step back and um, just get your overall reaction to the poll itself. Um, as I said, there's a lot of media issues to delve into, and we will. But Evie, I'll start with you on this. Was there anything that was a real big surprise for you? I think what surprised me um, is because we're hearing a lot in the media that neighborhoods are being very anti-development in their neighborhoods or accepting of new new developments. And our survey actually found that, no, they are they're very open um, to having um, more multiple family housing in their neighborhoods. It's just, I think where the gap or the, where the disconnect is, is in terms of the type of housing that's being proposed. Um, they, they feel we need to prioritize rental over condos and also uh, housing that's affordable housing, social housing or uh, the below income housing, um, not um, own condos. So I think that's where they, they, they accept that type of housing. And they also, at the same time, they wanna make sure that the infrastructure is placed to handle that increased uh, population in the neighborhood because they're not seeing that transportation is, you know, public transit and just the road network is keeping up with the increased population in the neighborhoods. Anna, what about you? When you took a look at the results initially, um, what stood out for you? Well, on affordable housing in particular, it's striking how much voters are, are really dissatisfied with municipal governments when arguably uh, it should be provincial or federal governments who should bear the brunt of responsibility mm -hmm. on that. Um, but, you know, we're seeing in the survey that both affordable housing being the key issue and the area where people feel local governments have really fallen down, performed the worst over the last four years. And I think that means that increasingly the public is seeing local government as the roadblock uh, to, to getting more affordable housing, whether that's fair or not. Um, and then just in terms of other issues that surprised me that came through in the results, I was a bit surprised to see that the environment and climate change really fell away as a major area of concern for the public compared to previous surveys that we've done. And uh, on, the, on the flip side though, local politicians were telling us they're still very concerned and very focused on this issue. Uh, the other thing that struck me uh, was the level of pessimism that exists across the board in the region, whether that's voters or the public or businesses, about what the next few years holds in terms of our quality of life. We've come through a really tough time with the pandemic. There's a lot of big difficult issues going on in the world. And yet here at home, we're seeing that play out in terms of a real feeling that, uh, that that there's some tough times still ahead for us here in Metro Vancouver. Yeah, and maybe I'll just pick up on that, Anne. I mean, what do you, what could future councils take away from that pessimism? Um, because it was a bit of a surprise that, you know, quite a few people who just, you know, were not feeling very positive about affordability and quality of life. So, as you know, they're heading, people are heading to the polls to, to put their vote in, uh, and we're dealing with new councils in October. Um, what can be learned here? Well, I'd say, Bridget, that, you know, the, the, the issues that really are relevant to quality of life are some of the issues that local politicians have, have been talking about in their campaigns or they have proposals for. 
whether that's affordability, it could be traffic congestion, it could be crime. Those all showed up as big issues for the public. And they really are about how we live in our neighborhoods, how we get around, uh, do we feel safe? I think those all sort of ladder up to quality of life. And what the public's saying is, local governments, you have to do more on these issues. And I think, you know, dig a bit deeper. Uh, I think voters are looking to politicians in this election to offer up real solutions, proposals that are concrete. I don't think this is an election about who can you trust or personalities uh, or experience. This is about, you know, what are you going to bring? Can you get that done in your local council uh, to bring forward your solutions? Um, you know, and, and, and how quickly can that happen? Because people are getting increasingly uh, impatient. So I, I'm not surprised to see the degree of anxiety uh, that's showing up. Um, once you think about uh, how people are really sort of experiencing some of those quality of life issues close to home. And interestingly, when uh, asked about whether community members, so asking the community members whether they believe that uh, municipal politicians were on the right track or wrong track, only 25% indicated on the right track. And that was compared to 39% in 2018. So Evie, you know, can you, what can we parse from this? You know, where are these municipal leaders getting off track? Well, we know, I mean, the key issues, as we know, affordable housing being number one, transportation, public transit, crime, public safety, and homelessness being the other uh, three issues. And, and concern about those issues has increased since our last municipal or last municipal polling, um, and all of them except transportation, that's always been an issue. So the fact that the level of concern has increased shows that these, you know, the actions that the city council and mayors have been taking to date haven't been addressing those issues. Um, so it really, you know, really goes hand in hand with, you know, they really feel they're on the wrong track still. And what do you feel were some of the clear messages from the business community around permitting, licensing, and red tape? I mean, it's something that at the Board of Trade, we hear about whether we're talking about you know, civic life, or we're talking about at the federal or or provincial level, you know, those kinds of barriers to getting business done uh, are is a real challenge for for businesses. And they're saying that this are these are really key issues um, for those municipal um, issues coming up in the election. Yeah, without a doubt. And the general public would have that same experience the business does with red tape and licensing, you know, unless they're doing a home renovation or building or something. Mm -hmm. So they don't have the same experience. But, um, but, you know, it, uh, after red tape and permitting, I mean, really, businesses show the same concerns as the public does with housing, transportation, because their ability to attract and retain um, their employees is being affected by these same issues. And we saw that, you know, we, we have over half the population are still considering moving away. Um, and, and we believe there certainly has been quite a shift. I mean, fortunately, our immigration levels are high enough that they are replacing those people that are moving, but businesses as well are relocating to other areas because it's just very, very difficult for them to do business. That's such an important point, Evie, because I think that there has been at times a perception that the business community has different priorities than general population. Yeah. But this has come very clear in these survey results. There's a lot of alignment and there's things that municipalities can do to fix some of these problems. Yeah, absolutely. 
Anna, I just want to pick up on the difference in priorities, though, because this is something that stuck out for me, that when you looked at the different groups and the and the priorities, there was some real misalignment, if you will, um, amongst the groups, the way that they were ranking their priorities. Yeah, I mean, it's probably not too surprising that you would see that kind of uh, divergence. Um, but but you're right, there was quite a lot of uh, consensus uh, around affordability, transportation, crime uh, as key issues. You, you were talking about businesses concerned about red tape and, and the slow processes for getting permit approvals. Uh, you know, that was the number one issue for businesses. But you look at what the politicians said, only 11% uh, who we surveyed said they're concerned about their government supporting the economy or becoming more business friendly. So that's an area in particular where I think the business community is going to really have to continue putting on a lot of pressure. For voters, uh, the issues that, that they care about most, as I said, are all you know wrapped up in kind of quality of life. And those showed up also uh, for local politicians. But we also saw the politicians saying they were quite concerned about infrastructure and planning for growth. Uh, I think we all kind of understand that uh, we're expecting another, what, 1 million people to come to the region over the next uh, 20 years. Mm -hmm. So, you know, municipal uh, governments are very attuned to that challenge. So it doesn't surprise me uh, that, that the politicians would be talking about things like infrastructure. I mean, our region in Metro Vancouver is facing a real infrastructure deficit. If our population continues the fast-paced growth uh, that we're on, and we don't keep up in delivering the core services that are needed to support that, we're going to be in trouble. And right now, Metro Vancouver is looking to provincial and federal governments to help fund billions of dollars in new infrastructure, whether that's water or wastewater or transit, other infrastructure projects. And local politicians have been working behind the scenes to, to try and secure that senior government support for these projects. And it's a huge challenge. But the public's not really tuned into that. And I think it, it comes back to, you know, the public sees these issues of, of you know, growth and, and being able to handle growth in, in all of those sort of, you know, day-to-day -day experiences that they have driving to work. Are they getting stuck in congestion? Can they afford or can their children afford a home? Um, what they're not seeing is, as I say, this, this very big looming issue around infrastructure that, that could come back to bite us. And, you know, I just think about what some of the survey results say just about engaging with local government. You know, it's it's harder to do business with local government than it has been in the past five years. And the experience itself hasn't been particularly helpful. There's some big learning here, Evie, for future councils. Yeah, without a doubt, it's um, it's. We, we did finish the survey off with a number of questions, I mean, among businesses as well as the politicians, what they felt needed to change. And, um, and, and they do agree. They do, they do accept that they still have a long ways to go in terms of reducing bureaucracy and red tape to make, make it easier for businesses to do uh, business in the city. Um, they also, which was which um, something we hadn't really expected, they talked a lot about increasing their... Um, um, partnerships with other levels of government. They really mm -hmm. know they need to focus on that much more. And that's sort of what Anna's spoken to too, in terms of some of the infrastructure um, requirements. It isn't just a municipal issue. It is really all three levels of government. So that's something that um, the city and, and councillors and mayors are really starting to recognize that they really need to develop those uh, connections with other levels of government. 
Exactly. You know, there's uh, the collaboration is key to be able to get that funding. Uh, Anna, you know, I, I think about what voter turnout is like for, you know, any election, and it tends to be fairly low um, by by all regards. But if you look at, you know, municipal elections, the voter turnout is really very, it's, it's low and it gets lower every election cycle. And so I think what has come through for me in this survey is just how, how local government impacts daily life, whether you are a business or an individual, but you know, how do we drive that message forward? Yeah, it's a great point, and uh, it can be a little depressing to see the turnout results uh, or numbers <laughs> after a local election. Uh, as somebody who follows local government very closely, it always mystifies me because uh, I'm I'm always voting. Um, but you know, it's 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 difficult, I think, for local governments to get the same kind of attention on their issues and citizen engagement. Uh, certainly, when if you turn on the news, so many of the issues that occupy uh, our minds these days are, are global, uh, national, or, or provincial uh, in nature. I mean, healthcare being an example. Um, you know, we didn't ask about healthcare in this survey because we were talking about local government. But I think if you, if you were to ask folks just writ large, what are some of the key issues we're facing in BC? You know, that would show up. Um, so the quality of life issues that a uh, local government is responsible for are absolutely the things that touch people in their communities every single day. Um, but it's not surprising that uh, local governments uh, aren't necessarily top of mind uh, when you ask people about exercising uh, their democratic rights. I think we'll see uh, actually a, a good turnout of voters in areas where this time around the campaigns are, are really interesting. Um, certainly Vancouver, uh, five candidates duking it out there. I'm, there might, there's probably more uh, for mayor and in Surrey. Surrey is another place where you've got a very interesting mayoral race and that's getting a lot of attention. Uh, I think there's a lot of uh, voters in Surrey that, um, you know, that are that are really looking hard at, at those choices because you've got so many strong candidates. So those kinds of uh, that kind of visibility that some of those campaigns generate, I think will drive uh, some voters to the ballot box, maybe even some people that haven't voted in a local election before. Yeah. And, you know, I would say that over the last uh, two and a half, three-ish years of the pandemic, there has been more focus on local government, uh, particularly around some of the issues in Vancouver around revitalizing the downtown core, about uh, public safety and crime, um, but also more attention. And there are some very exciting races uh, and and some very clear choices um, that voters are going to have to make. So, we only have a couple of minutes left, but I'm going to give you a chance to have your your key plug. Mine is get out and vote. <laughs> you know, I, I just could not say that more strongly that October 15th is your, your opportunity to have your voices heard and to think about those choices. They're all laid out very clearly uh, and and understanding, you know, voting for mayor and councillors. And so that, you know, you're voting for different teams, too. So to be able to do the research, to understand that. But I'll give you both a chance to to have your last say and a takeaway for any future councils. Um, and I'll start with you and I'll finish up with you, Evie. 
I mean, I think my my message to uh, to councils, and it comes back to something we saw in the survey, and you mentioned, uh, both of you mentioned, is uh, don't don't forget about looking beyond your community to those partnerships and forming the relationships and and driving your agenda with uh, provincial and federal governments. There, there has not been uh, uh, the same kind of policy alignment uh, between a federal, provincial, and you know, many local governments in BC in recent memory, if you look at sort of who's in power right now and the, the priorities that, that they have, whether it's housing or the environment or healthcare, um, there's a lot of alignment right now and has been for a few years. Mm-hmm. Local governments really have to push hard uh, to get investments from those senior levels of government now um, because elections are coming and, and we could see change in leadership at those different levels of government and maybe the alignment uh, won't be there next time. Evie, I'll let you have the last word. Yeah, I, I think I, I'm, as your comment, I mystify too why voter turnout is so low because when you think back, you know, you know, 10, 20 years ago, municipal politics used to be quite sleepy. I mean, it was, it was like, but now it's any public hearing usually goes on for a couple of nights. So people are engaged in the issues, are showing up for public hearings. And I think that's as soon as they have sort of an issue that's a lightning bolt, um, it draws people out. But I think one of the suggestions that came from the mayors and councillors themselves, I think, which is good advice, is just to start doing more face-to-face neighborhood meetings with with, with the councillors and mayors and just more engagement throughout policy and community planning, rather than just waiting for some big hot issue to hit the media and to draw people out, but just continue that engagement ongoing 24 seven, rather than just waiting for um, you know, a key issue to raise. That's great. Thank you, both of you. And I, I think if I do one one last uh, call to action here is for future councils to recognize the alignment between the business community and individuals, particularly around the ease of doing business with uh, with local government and just, you know, making getting rid of those barriers and the red tape and and really understanding the cost that that adds to businesses and individuals as well. So thank you, Anna and Evie. It's been a real pleasure to work with you on this survey. I really appreciate your time. And again, get out and vote on October 15th. Thank you, Bridget. Thanks.